right, we are in John. And I said John 19. We're going to take the last few verses of John 18. When starting at verse 38, we actually covered that a bit. One has come forward. No, I'm sorry. Almost had a forced baptism there. Uh, with the question, what is truth? Retorted Pilate, and we, we talked about that last week. So, with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your, your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They were shouted back, no, not him, give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in, a, in an uprising. Now, Pilate was trying to keep the peace because if, if he loses this and word gets back to Rome, Rome will dump him. I mean, you know, they had no loyalty to their people. They're just gone. They, they killed their own family and repeatedly did, uh, just like Herod, who wasn't Roman, but just kind of a sign of the times. So he was taking a gutsy move when he said, Can I, do you want me to release the king of the Jews? Because he would be saying, here's a guy that calls himself the king of the Jews. I'll let you have him. It's all right. As long as he's a sub-king doing what he's told, he'll be good. I thought, I think that's at least a little guts. He's going he's gonna to lose what guts he has here in a bit, but a nerve, whatever you want to see. They say, give us Barabbas. Now, there are all kinds of movies about Barabbas and stories and ideas. Uh, many of them come from Josephus and other writers, but we're just, I'm, I'm just going to call it here as saying we're not really sure about Barabbas. He had taken part in an uprising. So they chose somebody who had taken part in an uprising, whether that was a demonstration, a protest, or a riot. I don't know. Uprising. Well, Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. Now you're going, what? Yeah. I think he was trying something else. I think he was trying to um, satisfy them by saying, look, he has been adequately punished. Uh, but I also think he was going for something else here. When you were flogged by the Romans, it was an ugly, ugly thing. Some of you saw Mel Gibson's movie on that years ago. I hear that he's making a sequel now, which, okay, Jesus is the only life I know of that actually has a sequel. So uh, I only watched the movie once because... To me, uh, the crucifixion was all about, that, that was all about the movie. The resurrection took like this much at the end. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, there's more hope and glory in this story and less of the gore. The gore was a fact of life, though. They had crucifixion down. They knew how to do it. And flogging, they knew how to do too. They would strip your back raw. You would have no flesh left on your back. And I don't want to go in and, and because we've, we've all heard of these things. The soldiers, now this wasn't Pilate doing it, the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And I've been told before, you know, in books and sermons that they hammered it and all. You don't have to make this worse. You don't have to really you know, juice up the story. It's really bad as it is. Why would soldiers do this? Why wouldn't they? They had power. There were no rules. Jews were non-persons. Uh, you don't get a whole lot of um, uh, entertainment. These are people that went to the Colosseum for entertainment. These are people 
who uh, would fight dogs, fight bears, fight whatever. They would put up different animals against each other to kill, you know, see what kills what for entertainment. This was not a grace-filled, moral time. And it's rather like when people say, where did, where did they find people to be prison guards for the Nazis? My response is from people like us. If there is no God, and if the government is really pushing it, they're going to find people that are willing to do it every single time. Um, he's hurt. They put him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again saying, Hey, O King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. It is unrestrained cruelty because there is no rule of law, because the law is whatever the emperor says it is on the day. Rome used to be run by a senate and by three leaders, and then by two leaders, and then by a single leader, Caesar, who dumped the senate. So it, th there was no appeal here. Once again, Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered there, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. I think the second thing was not just to say, listen, I punished him, but was to appeal to their sympathy, to their humanity. Look at the guy. At this point, Jesus would have been almost unrecognizable. Because you see, when you get beaten, it's not like on telly. I, I, it, it annoys me sometimes. In Hawaii Five O, the lead character even has to have a liver transplant, and two weeks later, he's jumping out of helicopters. You know, I'm just going. But then again, one of my favorite movies is John Wayne in The Quiet Man, and it has a a fist fight that goes on all the way through the village. And friends, fist fights don't do that. Hands break, faces break. It, it ends a lot quicker than you might think. He would have been beaten, lost some teeth. Uh, he would, blood coming down, the scalp bleeds a lot, doesn't it? Scalp bleeds a lot. He, he would have been a horrifying look. As soon as the chief priest and their officials saw him, now it wasn't a crowd at first. They cried, crucify, crucify. Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. I, as for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. Now, the, the Jews' leaders here, and again, John uses the expression, so does Matthew often, the Jews. But if you look in context, he's not talking about the mass of Jews. He's talking about the leaders, the, the ones who would lose their place of power and riches if they accept that Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, and that's really what it's all about. They said, we have a law, and according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. Well, what's going on here? Why didn't they just grab him and crucify him? Because the Jews couldn't. It was forbidden for the Jews to have the death penalty. Only Rome was allowed to have the death penalty. Now, in practice, far flung, I don't know of any of this happening in, in Israel or, or Judea at the time. Probably did. In practice, like in Gaul, a guy would just chop your head off and there would be no consequences, no ramifications. But this is, you know, Pilate's, please forgive me for saying this, he's trying to keep it civilized. This was what passed for civilization. 
So he's trying to keep it within the very wide rails of the Roman day and time. So the Jews are saying, we can't kill him. We want you to. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. Now his fear would come from two places. One, um, Rome. As I've already mentioned, if he fails to keep Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, then he's out. And maybe out in a brutal way. They weren't a loving or forgiving people. Uh, it's rather like um, uh, uh, Boudicca, the Celtic prince, uh, rather princess or queen or whatever you want to call her, she was the leader. Uh, there are others that, that then said it and maybe nobody said it, but in Roman annals they write down, you make a desert and call it peace. Well, pretty much that's what the Romans did. Just wipe it out. And by the way, you heard people say things like that in the first Gulf War and the second Gulf War and that was just drop nukes on them and turn it into a big glass parking lot. I'm going, there, there were babies in there. It didn't do anything. Listen, you know, wars are between governments. They just use their people to do it. It's the government, not, you know. Um, anyway, there's so much I want to say, but uh, I've probably gotten in trouble enough today. Pilate heard this. He was even more afraid from the other side, too. His wife. His wife had a dream about Jesus, and she said, don't you do anything to this man. His wife may have been a strong believer later because Paul, when he writes, even says, those in Caesar's household salute you. There were Christians all the way up to Caesar's household. And it is a fact in the early church that women were far more likely to convert than men. Even to this day, in most churches, you have more women than men. And it's not just because men die sooner. Um, there's something about that. In fact, uh, I had a friend years and years ago, Baptist friend of mine who used to say in their bulletin, they would say, next week, we're going to have a potluck. We'd like to invite the church and their husbands. So it's not just Church of Christ issues. It, it, um, and I've, most Catholic churches I've gone into, predominantly women in there. And so these women are in these houses and they're talking to their husbands and husbands you know that we need to listen to our wives and there's fear in him so we went back inside the palace where do you come from now think of that question he knew he knew nazareth he knew judea what is he asking tell me who you really are did you just and he could have. He could have. The um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's uh, Jesus Christ Superstar that he wrote in the 70s has Herod saying, you know, I'm so excited. It's in a song. Um, musicals tend to do that. Um, he's so excited to see you walk across my swimming pool. You know, I want to see something. Walk across my swimming He could have. Pilate says, do you, do you refuse to speak to me? Who are you? Don't you realize I have power either to free you or crucify you? Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin 
But I'm going to tell you now that the Jewish people have a different way of praising than we do in America. But that's not uncommon. Every language does. If you try word for word from Chinese or Arabic, any form of Arabic, it means nothing. Have you ever opened up, and I, and I don't mean for this to be racist or against China at all, have you ever opened up instructions, however, that were improperly translated from Chinese or from uh, Hindu or from wherever it comes from? And, and they assumed that we th our thought patterns are the same as theirs, and so, you know, it's happy, fine, be applying now. And you're going, what? Uh, my son who wires robots for Kuka Corporation um, flies all over. And uh, you know, forgot to tell you, Dave, he just got a really big promotion. Uh, he's, been he's now a, uh, called a travel engineer, support engineer instead of a tech, and given a raise. And you know how fast that happened. And he had been told it would take three times as long. So we're proud of him. But when I showed him instructions, I was really struggling with this toy that I bought. And, uh, fair enough, it was a complicated robot toy. But he looked at the instructions, and he just kind of just shoved them away. He says, we can figure this out. But his response to me was, you ought to see what I, the manuals I get. They're incomp, I, I can't get it. So when Jesus says something like this, and you're thinking, what? You have a legitimate issue. We, we think in English patterns. So let's come here. What is he saying? He's saying... We're in this place because God has set this place up. You still have power. You have power. The one who handed me over to you, he's guilty of a greater sin. Now, what are you going to do, Pilate? He doesn't put it that way because he doesn't want to stop it. Jesus can out-argue. He can turn him into a newt, to quote Monty Python. He can do whatever he wants to here, but he doesn't want to stop this because it must be done. Um, I'm going to real quick hope to forestall arguments down the, the road in your life. There are two guys who are going to debate about this. I think it's this week. Um, the traditional view of the crucifixion and resurrection, but the crucifixion was to atone for our sins. Period. All the sins of mankind, period. The other is called Christus Rex, or Christus Victor, which means the, resurrection, the crucifixion resurrection was to show God's power over death, and he gives us eternal life. It includes forgiveness of sins. To me, these two things are both true, and I don't see a need to argue. But they're having a debate over it this week. I'll listen and I'll let you know so you don't have to. But um, I agree. I think the crucifixion was for our sins. I think there's plenty of evidence for this. But I think it also was to show God's power over death and to assure us of eternal life. It can be two things. But Jesus here knows it's got to go forward. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, you know, he's, he's in a bad place. Pilate gets treated very poorly by history, and I think that's somewhat justified, but I, at the same time, I do want us to remember Pilate was not a cartoon. 
he was a real person. There were things going on. And um, I think Jesus died for him too. And I hope, I hope he believed eventually. Anyway, uh, they kept, the Jewish leaders kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. The sermon this morning, to say Jesus is Lord was a treasonous act. And it would not necessarily cause you to be killed, but you would lose all position in the society. You would be no higher than a beggar or the lowest caste system in India. And I know they're not supposed to do caste anymore, but they do. The untouchables who have to go in using their hands to clean out sewers because you're in that, you're born into this caste, that's all you do. And I'm not making it up, by the way. Um, th those are the people that Mother Teresa went to. And that's one of the reasons why I just, I'm in awe of what she did, because she didn't have to. You're, you're going all the way down to that. This is, this is tough. Uh, and by the way, a pilot, if they can accuse him of not backing up that Caesar is Lord and King, then he's not going to be busted down to the lowest caste. He's probably going to be strangled to death in front of his family. Uh, well, I'm sorry, his family is going to be strangled to death in front of him and then him. They wanted you to have that thought in your head as you died. Last thing. Yeah, they were peachy people. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which is in Aramaic, as uh, Gabbatha. It was a day of preparation of the Passover. It's about noon. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Now I want you to please understand, again, the church, Christians and Jews, do not have a fair and good history, do we? Um, Kaya is an African-American young woman, a delight. Uh, you need to get to know her, who's one of our interns for the youth. And I was sitting down talking to her just now, and she was saying, so you don't vote? And I said, no, I vote sometimes, but I only vote. I, I do not choose the lesser of two evils because the lesser of two evils is evil. And I cannot do that. I cannot weaponize one evil against another. Uh, so again, my vote, that one vote's not going to hang on it, but you make your own decision. But as we were talking there, um, we've talked about the demonstrations. We've talked about the riots. I want you to think about this. This isn't the bulk of Jews. This is the group that would be burning down the courthouse. And that's a subset, a small subset of the whole people. Here is your king. Take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Oh boy, the trump card just got thrown on the table. And that's not a, I really wish our president had a different name because I like using the term trump card. And now people think there's a hidden message. We have no king but Caesar. So Pilate hands him over to be crucified. Um, now you see that it wasn't just, well, okay. He was facing strangulation. He was at least being deposed. More likely being killed because they just didn't like ex. You didn't have a lot of ex-leaders in Rome. 
they got rid of him. It's just kind of like if you had too many sons, I'm going to have to start killing those. They killed their sons, killed their daughters. Jesus did not come to the earth because we were cute and loving. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. And by the way, the Romans had this to an art. They could crucify thousands in a day. And I know that sounds like a, a, an exaggeration. And I will admit that wouldn't have been an average day. But they would line the road for miles with crucified men. They knew how to do it. It was an art. And there, there are writings to this effect. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. By the way, if you go to Jerusalem now, you can find two places and a third that is trying to say they're Golgotha. I, I think it's fine to go to Israel and look at these things, but please remember, most of these were discovered when an empress from Constantine came uh, hundreds of years later and asked the Jews to show her sacred places so that she could buy them. And uh, most of them weren't Jews at that time. They were just, you know, Bedouin and uh, the like. So she just kind of went around and named stuff and built the churches on it. So if this is an archaeology here, I, I say that to say this. There is no holy ground except in your heart. That is holy. As much as I love Scotland, and I think God did his best work there, uh, it's not holy. The people are. I always try to remind myself of that because I feel closer to God like on top of a mountain, but I'm really closer to God when I'm around people because that's where he lives, not trees. Right? Don't quibble with me and say, God's everywhere. I get that. I get that. Please understand the larger. Um, Pilate had a notice prepared. <laughs> I, don't, I think this is probably just so as, you know, say he could tell his wife he tried uh, and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. He wanted to make sure. The, <laughs> the chief priest of the Jews protested to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be the king of the Jews. Pilate answered what I've written stop right there um, for the moment when you're crucified um, I just want to, I don't want to do the gore okay I just don't want to do the gore but I do want to make sure you have the right picture in your head because we always see these crosses way up they didn't ever do that that was a waste of timber your feet would be no more than a foot or so off the ground um, and then uh, for couple reasons don't waste the timber plus they wanted you to look at these people they wanted you to watch them in agony and then whether you were nailed or tied most people were tied but um they they had already been beaten and were bleeding and were starving and no water i they wanted you to die over a period of several days uh, they wanted it to be slow they wanted it to be noisy they wanted it to be terrifying so they would, uh, and if they nailed you, doesn't matter, they, their, their, their procedure was to let the cross drop the last few inches so that you would scream. And then they leaned it forward so that you were pulled. And that's what eventually killed you, tied or nailed. And by the way, if you're nailed, they usually tied you too because nails can pull right up. And when it says hand, it's really the hollow right there. 
Kermit. Um, what killed you was the leaning forward because eventually you could not pull yourself up to, on your wounds to take a breath and you suffocate. All right, that's all the gore I want to do. For now, it'll come back in a bit, or at least the positioning is important. That's why the Jews walking by can just read the sign. So this is right there. Um, it was meant to terrify, and so it should. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shears, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it. Now, do you understand what just happened here? Take the, guard, the garment. What's Jesus wearing? Well, it's ambiguous whether the undergarment was there or not. They usually crucified you naked because waste coming out was also a way to humiliate you. And it was designed to humiliate you. All right? So, um, and by the way, keep remembering he could have stopped it. He could have stopped it. That's why he didn't open his mouth. Because anything he said could have stopped it. He did it for us. And he wouldn't have, doesn't have to do it again. He didn't regret it. Jesus has never for one second regretted dying for us. I want you to think about that. Because he knows us. He's never gone, no. He knows. Eyes on Jesus. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who gets it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled. It said, they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So this is what the soldiers did. Just very briefly, I've said this before when we did the other gospels. Why would you want the garment of a simple stonecutter's son who um, is, is you know, got to be a, not much above a rag? Well, because you couldn't go get cloth. Even as late as the medieval English songs, um, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme was not written by our, um, Simon and Garfunkel. I will admit that they made it a lot prettier than it normally, it was normally in a very minor key, still in a minor key with them, but it was, they, they made it better. But it's an old medieval English song. If you go through all the verses, and there are a lot, it's kind of like Barbara Allen, look that one up, 5,000 verses, one incredibly monotonous tune. No bridge. <laughs> I had somebody ask if we could play that once. I went, no. He said, why? I said, because we would die before we finished the verses. And you would die from listening to it. But um, in all that love song, there's never ever a mention of, is she pretty? Ever. But can she make a shirt? That's in there. Remember the old song, Can She Bake a Cherry Pie, Billy Boy, Billy Boy? Never is how her beauty there. Uh, there is a beauty verse, but was added so much later. Because that wasn't it. It was, wasn't, it was utility. You married out of utility, not a, a, out of love. In fact, there's only one marriage in all of Scripture where they are said to love each other. Who is that? You heard, would you say it? It was Jacob, Jacob and his, and his wife. They, they loved, they loved her. Um, did the others love each other? I think you always would, would eventually, you know, but, but uh, you, you married for utility. Uh, 
So that's what's going on there. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Um, again, I told you I would revisit it, but just for now. The humiliation, the waste products, the blood, the crying, right in your face, the nakedness, right in your face. Um, that's what crucifixion was for. It is a very inefficient way to kill somebody. You know, killing somebody with ligature, knife, that's much more. It is not meant to just kill. It is meant to terrify, haunt, and horrify. So that's what it's for. Uh, when Jesus saw his mother there, and a disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. That is generally thought to be John, although there are those who say it is Luke and there's quite the fight. I don't much care. I just want, I always say, the point of the story is the point of the story. The point of the story is Jesus was still loving and caring for people then. Yeah, have you ever, and I'm a dog lover from way back, don't have one now because I love dogs. In my lifestyle, I w could never be fair to one. Um, have you ever had a dog that got hurt and you couldn't touch it? Why? I remember the first time it happened to me, one of my wee border collies was running alongside a bike and got his tail caught in the spokes. And I go out to try to help my dog, and and I'm backing up, and I'm looking at my dad, and, and he says, you can't touch the dog. I'm going, but, but he knows I love him. He goes, right now, all he feels is pain. I think of that sometimes, because even though Jesus was going through all of this pain, he was still, I need to take care of mommy. I need to make sure she's all right, and that all of us are all right. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, I can do a lot of Jesus stuff. I can love some people. I can feed some people. I can get some clothes for people. There is some Jesus stuff that's a pretty high bar, don't you think? Going, oof, oof, I'm, I'm not close to that one. Later, knowing that everything now had been finished so that Scripture would be fulfilled. I want you to think about that for a while. I'm not sure I understand all the ramifications of that phrase. Are you? Anybody got some... Insight you want to throw at us? I wish COVID was away for many reasons, but one is we could have Albert back. Because he'd have something. And I hope Albert's listening. Albert, we love you, we miss you, but we really love and miss Miss Patsy. So you guys stay home and stay safe, but we love you. Uh, Albert may tell me this week, but because everything had now been finished, and I still see some work to do. So I'm not really sure what was being referred to there, and I just want to be honest with you. Jesus said, I'm thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of a hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. Now again, in paintings, this is a long stick, and they're holding it up. Well, why would you need to put it on a stick if he's right there? he's leaning forward and you can't give him a cup you can't drink 
that was by design too. So families couldn't go out and give care. So the only way is to suck on a sponge. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I think of the passengers in flight 93 over, over Pennsylvania and Todd, it was done texting his wife, telling him what they were going to do. And a group of men said the Lord's Prayer together. And Todd Beamer's last words were what? Let's roll. I, I think of that when I think of it is finished. Let's go. Where did he go? And that's, that's a real puzzle. Did Jesus go to heaven? Well, we know heaven was under construction. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. But a few days later, Jesus is going to tell people he has not yet ascended to his father. Does that mean he didn't go to his father? Or does that mean he's got some work to do before he goes back? We don't know. He was being typical Jesus there, a little bit um, mysterious. But again, Peter then says that he went and preached to the spirits that were in prison. You know what that means? No, you don't. Nobody does. I've heard several different, and I'm going, okay, okay. We don't know what that means either. Seems a little echoes of the book of Enoch in there. It's a book the Jews really revered, but never really looked at as scripture. But it's still around if you want to read it. English translations, make sure you get a modern translation. If not, you'll never get through it. Only the first book. All the other ones make Revelation look like C-spot, C-spot run. Don't even try to read those. They're horrible to follow. Um, it was a day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath because the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath. Once again, we talked about this. We got to worship exactly right. Doesn't matter what our hearts are or what we did during the week. Oh, my goodness. They asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. Now, why the legs broken? Because then they could never push yourself up for the breath. You're going to hang, you'll suffocate, it's over. So they wanted it done. Think how casual about life, rights, and morality you'd have to be to say, listen, this is going to bother us as we're worshiping. Could you just break their legs? with that, I'd like to say this. I think Jesus has made a lot of difference in our world. That's not a brave statement. Everybody, I think, pick up on that. Even atheists would have to say, yeah, yeah, he has. He's left a big mark. But my point is this. The things they did casually, most nations today would look at that and go, no. Now, there are some that, do, that are evil, but most nations have built in some concept of law and order and justice and what you can do and not do to your citizens. That's a moral arc that springs from Jesus. It's changed things. This was the norm in all of the world. The Holy Spirit's still working on us, and I pray he always will. Got to quit here real fast. So um, soldiers came, broke the legs of the first man who'd been crucified with Jesus, those of the other. But when they came to Jesus, they found he was already dead. They did not break his legs. And by the way, 
Well, it says so here, so I'm going to keep going. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. And that comes out of, um, well, not a bone of, one of his bones be broken. It comes from several places, frankly, uh, in Numbers and Psalms and such. And the pierced comes from Zechariah. Um, just very briefly, a lot of people have made a lot of that uh, blood and water. Uh, I was told as a boy, well, that was just a sign of certain death. Well, yeah, it's a sign, but it's also a sign of something else. Ruptured heart muscle uh, and lungs. Or you don't get that kind of blood edema where that is. Is it possible for others? Yeah, but it, not for Jesus because he was stationary. Um, and I just like to put it this way. He actually died literally of a broken heart. It just tore. And so blood went where it doesn't go. Dead people don't bleed. We know this. Everybody know this. And so now there can be a buildup of edema and a light, but even that doesn't gush. There are certain physiological phenomena that must have occurred first. Jesus felt bore the weight of all the sins that ever were and ever will be, took them and defeated them, and that came with a cost. So as I always say, thank God for grace. It is free to us, but it was not to him. So thank Jesus, praise Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus, orient toward him in faith. That is our worship. Remember Matthew 25, the judgment scene doesn't say you get to go into heaven because I really like the songs you picked. It is because you fed the poor, you, took, you looked after those in prison. It's about the acts of love oriented toward Jesus Christ. Let that be our worship. God bless you. See you next Sunday.